neighbor and tell him I'm so glad you're here. Woo, you may be seated. You may be seated. On the 1st of January, we kicked off a series called Occupy the Promise. Why? We are wholeheartedly convinced that we stand at the precipice of occupying all of God's promises. What does that mean? If you believe 2023 is going to be the kind of year that you're going to be filled with problems and anarchy and darkness and drama and trauma, it will be. But if you believe by faith through Christ, undergirded with God's word, that this will be the year that you and your family will occupy God's promises, this will be the year you and your family occupy God's promises. So we began the year, we kicked it off by doing a biopic. The entire year we've covered Joshua. Joshua is a character in scripture that truly embodies what it looks like to occupy God's promises. He literally took God's people into the land of promise, the promised land. We find ourselves not only speaking about his character and his integrity, his inclination, his exceptionalism, but last week, we for two weeks in a row covered this crazy moment. Moses leads the Israelites, the Hebrew children, out of Egyptian captivity. He takes them out. We find, then we find Moses in the desert at the precipice of the promised land. Moses comes along and chooses 12 spies, 12 spies to check out the land of promise. All right, guys, tell me, what do you see? 12 spies came back. This is from Numbers 13 and 14. 12 spies come back. 10 of the spies, all 12 of them saw the very same thing. They saw a land that was bountiful and beautiful, a land that flowed with Yes, but they also recognized that there were mucho malo hombres in the land. Bad guys. And some of them were giants. So guess what? Ten of the 12 spies focused on two of the 12 spies, Joshua and Caleb, said, we acknowledge the giants. We don't deny the giants, but it's still our land. And we can do this. And Caleb was explicit. He said, we can conquer the land. And matter of fact, let's do this right now. Right now. So this is the rest of the story. It is, it could be a Netflix series. You never know. So right there, Moses and Aaron, who do they listen to? The 10. They acquiesced, they surrendered, they bowed to the pathetic majority instead of the prophetic minority. So they listened to the crowd. I'm gonna be honest with you. Right now, if the majority of people negate the fact that God is still on the throne, there is still a holy remnant that believes that Jesus Christ is the Lord of all. Even if the majority says, hey, Pastor Sam, there are a zillion different ways for you to live a good life and, and probably get into heaven or into eternity, it's that prophetic minority with love that we show the world that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. 
So when the, right now, the, the majority of the world really believes that we are like spiraling down and that there are so many evil spirits on the planet and that the evil spirits are winning. That's like, that's the narrative right now. But there's a prophetic minority that doubles down, even though it may not look like it, we believe it. There's this group of people, some of them are in this church and, and, and in different churches that we still believe, hey, listen, Regardless of what you see, the most powerful spirit on the planet, it's not the evil spirit. It's not a diabolical spirit, a demonic spirit, or the spirit of addiction, or hatred, or bigotry. The most powerful spirit on planet Earth, believe it or not, is still the Holy Spirit of Almighty God and that spirit. So it was 10. The 10 people came along and said, we can't do this. And then Moses and Aaron, the leaders, literally bowed and they surrendered to the mob. And this is God's reaction. Now, as a pastor, I'm not supposed to share some of this with you because it's like politically incorrect and theologically controversial. God had a temper tantrum. He lost it. Why does God lose it? Man, this is old covenant now. By the way, from Genesis to Revelation, it all pointed to Jesus. It's all a setup. But God has this moment and he says, really? I gave you a promise. Literally, I've called it the promise land. Hence, it's a promise and it's a land. I took you out of Egypt. I did a bunch of things here. Remember the frogs? I mean, there's stuff I did here. In addition to that, I even cover you during the day. There's a cloud by day and a fire by night. I'm here. Like everyone could see, I'm here. I'm the God. You, you guys were before the Red Sea and you guys were stuck and the bad guys were following you. And, and all of a sudden, what did I do? I made a way. Who does that? Me. And now the majority is saying, regardless of what God did for us, he can't take care of the giants. Really? So God has this moment. I'm going to read it for you. This is God's response. This is God's response when the majority of people said, God can't take care of the giants. The God that did it before can't do it again. Here's the response. Now turn around. Numbers 14, verse 25. Now turn around. You don't want to hear that. And don't go on toward the land where the Amalekites and the Canaanites live. First of all, I have to double down on this part. Some of you have never seen this. God's telling you to go back. Tomorrow you must set out for the wilderness, the desert, in the direction of the what? He's telling you to go back. Go back. He said, go back. But did he ever tell them, go back to Egypt? Because once God sets you free. Five people go get this this afternoon. Once God sets you free, for he who the sun sets free is free indeed. The truth, ye shall know the truth and the truth. I'm here to tell you once God sets you free, you can't go back to captivity. You won't go. I'm, I'm going to remind someone here, you're never going to go back to addiction. You're never going to go back to bondage. You're never going to go back to captivity. Because once Jesus sets you free, you are free indeed. But 
he does say, as it pertains, I'm not sending you back to Egypt because once I set you free, you're free, but you're going to stay stuck in the desert. So he tells them, you're staying stuck in the desert. Oh boy, 40 years later. 40 years, for 40 years, 40 years later, this is what happens. Joshua chapter one, verse two. It's about to say 40 years. 40 years. 40 years. Here it is. Watch this. Joshua 1, 2. Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come. The time has come. The time has come. That's the title of this message. The time has come. Do this respectfully so no one will get offended or bothered, perturbed, or whatever. Look at your neighbor that you like the most and tell him the time has come. <laughs> tell your other neighbor the one that needs you to tell him something because they're trying to ignore you right now. <laughs> tell that neighbor the time has come. This message is for everyone who, who got stuck in the desert. There's good news for you this Sunday afternoon. The time has come. For everyone, the time has come. The time has come. The time has come. They were 40 years in the desert because they focused on the giants. Why 40 years in the desert? Because instead of worshiping, they whined. Instead of praise, they complained. Instead of being grateful, they felt entitled. <laughs> Why 40 years in the desert? Because they permitted their trauma to be greater than their testimony. They allowed their drama to be more important than their destiny. Why 40 years in the desert? Because they had more fear than they had faith. They tolerated a pathetic majority silencing a prophetic minority. And here's what God said, Numbers 14:34, making it legal. This is God's word. Because your men explored the land for 40 days. You must wander in the wilderness, in the desert, for 40 years. A year for each day. You will suffer the consequences of your sins. 40 years. 40 years, I'm going to show you what they did for 40 years. You don't want to miss this moment. This is what they did. Are you ready? I'm not making this up for 40 years. It would be equivalent of us leaving right now from this church, driving down to Stockton and driving back up for 40 years. And that's all we do. We go on the 99 or the five and we go from here to Stockton and come back and we do it for 40 years. And there's no Pollo Loco. A lot of Locos, but no Pollo. 40 years, 40 years of, 40 years, God, 40 years, 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 40 years wandering, 40 years vacillating, 40 years of going around in circles, 40 years in the desert, and then God shows up hmm, and says, the time has come. Someone repeat after me, the time has come. No, I, I, I want to be clear today. If, this is going to be... If you were born occupying all of God's promises, this message is not for you. If you were born perfect, holy, righteous, sanctified, purified, glorified, and magnified, this message is not for you. For everyone here who was born speaking in tongues, casting out demons, walking on water, and moving mountains, this message is not for you. In other words, if you were born already, already with just perfection, and you've never done anything wrong, and you've never made a mistake, and you've never missed it, 
then this is not for you. Matter of fact, if that's you, I need you to come up here so I can worship you. <laughs> this message is for a particular group of people. This message is for all of those who have been through life's deserts. This message is for those that know what it is to go around in circles. This message is for everyone that at least on one occasion you missed your turn. This message is for people who on one particular moment permitted those that surrounded you from stepping into your promise. You listen to people around you you regret listening to. But praise be to God. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. This message is likewise for everyone here who discovered that even in your desert season, God is faithful. Is there anyone here who can bear witness that even in the desert, there is manna from heaven? Even in the desert, oh, I feel the Lord. Even in the desert, there's water coming out of a rock. Even in the desert, there is a cloud by day and a fire by night. Even in the desert, God's glory shows up. Can anyone here testify with impeccable integrity that in the desert of your darkness, God was with you? That in the desert of your brokenness, God never abandoned you. That in the desert of your wounds, God stood by you. Can anyone here raise your hand if you've been through your desert? If you've been through at least one desert, raise one hand. If you've been through multiple, multiple deserts in your life, raise both hands. If you've been through so many deserts, you've lost count, raise both hands and a foot. If you've been through so many deserts that if I Google the word desert right now, it automatically takes me to your Instagram account. I have news for you. Some of you, some of us discovered that in the desert, Isaiah 43 verse 2 is still legit. When you go through deep waters. I said when you go through deep waters. Not, not if you go, but. So if you look at me and tell me, oh, Pastor Samuel Rodriguez, I'm a Christian. I'm a born again child. Oh, don't talk God, God. I don't ever have to go through a desert. I've never been through one, and I'll never go through one. Really. Elijah went through a desert. David went through a desert. Joshua, Moses, Caleb went through the desert. The apostle Paul went through a desert. And Jesus went through his desert. And if you think that you're better than Jesus, that you never have to go through a desert. By the way, I have great news for you. Under Jesus, if you go through a desert, if you go through a desert, it is not God punishing you. It is God preparing you. Oh, you're not hearing that right now. If you're going through your desert, it is not that God, punitive God. No, 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 that's the Old Testament. Same God, different rubric. It's not God punishing you. It's God preparing you. Because if you, in your desert, you have conversations with God that will enable you to shout down the walls in the promised land. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through the rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burnt up. The flames will not consume you. Isaiah 43, verse 2. So there it is. I'm just going to ask. I'm not, I will not assume anything. Anyone here who can be so vulnerable and transparent enough to confess that God developed you in the desert? Raise one hand. Is there anyone here with the inclination and arguably even the maturity to give God praise for what you went through? I'm going to do it one more time. 
There are people that give God praise when they get to the promised land. There are people that give God praise for the promise. There are people that only give God praise for the milk and the honey. There are people that give God praise for the rivers and the streams. But then there are some other crazier people. There are some different people that go, I'm, not, I'm just not going to give you praise for the palace. I'm going to thank you for the pit I had to go through to get to the palace. Is there anyone who can worship God for the desert you had to go through? Because you learned that God is faithful. Because you learned that God is God of provision. A God of protection. Because you learned that God is with you on good days and bad days. On sunny days and rainy days. The God that you serve is not the God that is with you only in the promised land. The God that you serve is the God that says, I'm going to be with you in your darkest of days. I'm going to be with you in your wounded of days same God of the desert is the same God of the promise what you go through you give God praise because you realize that you had to go through the fire in order to discover the fourth man that you had to go through your pit in order to get to your palace that you had to be broken in order to be blessed that you had to be pruned in order to be fruitful that you had to be emptied out in order to be filled so praise God for the pit that took you to the palace. Praise God for the desert that took you to the promised land. Praise God for the storm that led you to the revelation of the rainbow. I will praise the Lord at all times. I will praise the Lord sometimes. I will praise the Lord happy times. I will praise the Lord when my bank account is filled up. I will praise the Lord at I will constantly speak his praises. Psalm 34 verse 1. The desert does not disqualify you at all whatsoever. You have to, you have to, just like Joshua and Caleb, you have to be developed in the desert before you exert dominion in the promised land. Oh, and then he shows up. He shows up and says, the time the time is now. Somebody say, the time is now. Look at your neighbor tell them, the time is right now. Tell somebody, the time has come. The time has come for you to be what? The time has come for you to do what you could not do before. The time has come for you to be the head and not the tail. The time has come for you to lead. So if you've been wondering, if you've been wondering, if you've been going around in circles, if you've missed your turn, if, if you listen to other people or you listen to your own desires and your own fleshly inclinations, your own crazy thoughts and you acquiesce and surrender, our God is a mighty God, he's a merciful God. And, and now he says the time has come. The time has come for you to do what you could not do before. Galatians 6, 9 says, do not grow weary of doing what is right. In God's appointed time, when God's time has come, you will reap a harvest of blessings if you do not give up. I need you to put a smile on your face because if you look at me right now and say, Pastor Sam, I'm going through my desert. If I were you, I wouldn't be whining or moaning or complaining. And don't stop sucking your thumb. If you're going through your desert, if I were you, I'd be celebrating because if you're going through your desert, the next thing you are about to do is occupy the promises of God. I'm gonna say that one. 
I'm a, this is for somebody here. I'm going to do it one more time. If right now you're, I feel a breakthrough. If right now you're going through your desert, I dare you to put a praise on your lip because you and your family, you and your you and your children and your children's children's children will occupy God's promises. If you believe the time has come, now I want you to give God a shout like you actually believe it. Somebody lift up your hands and say, the time has come. Say it like you believe it. The time has come for me and my house to step in and occupy all of God's promises. The time has come for me to be the head and not the tail. The time has come for you to be light in the midst of darkness. The time has come. Lift up your hands if you believe the time has come. Lift them up really high. We're going to wrap up here. Lift them up. The time has come. The time has come. The time has come. The time has come. Somebody say, the time has come. The time has come. And God shows up and says, it's your time. God shows up and says, it's your time. Joshua and Caleb, they, well, why? they were here. It's your time. But, you, but, but we were the ones that wanted to go in. These guys didn't want it to. And, and, and God says, the time has come for you to go in. The time has come. Your years of wandering in the desert officially comes to an end. How about this, Joshua and Caleb? Your years of suffering the consequences of what others placed upon you. I'm gonna do this one more time. Your years of suffering the consequences, not just of your own indiscretions, but of just family and generational indiscretions. Oh, I feel the Lord. Your years of wandering in the desert because the people in your generation or your parents or their parents never enter the promise. Those years of wandering officially come to an end in the name of Jesus. Somebody say the time has come. How many believe the time has come to occupy generational blessings, to occupy generational promises? time has come. All the Joshua's and Caleb's, lift up your hands. We're done. We're done. You're about to replace water from a rock with rivers and streams. You're about to go from manna to milk and honey. Forty years ago, Joshua and Caleb, you were ready, but the people around you were not. You were ready, but the people in front of you were not. But the time has come. This is God's word for you today. The time has come for you to possess. The time has come for you to occupy. The time has come for you to step in. The time has come for you to live out your God-ordained purpose, Psalm 138, verse 8. The time has come for you to live out your Christ-designated assignment, 1 Corinthians 7, 17. Somebody get ready to step in right now. The time has come for you to live a holy life, 1 Peter 1, 16. The time has come for you to become a blessing to everyone around you. You will never again be a burden to anyone you love. And the matter of fact, from this moment on, you will be the greatest blessing to everyone around you. Somebody shout, the time has come. Say it like you actually believe it. Don't forget what comes out of your mouth matters. The time has come. The time has come for you to show the world the glory of Jesus. 2 Corinthians 3.18. The time has come, so get ready to step in. 
for you to be the answer to the problem, to be love in a world full of hate, to exhibit truth in a world full of lies. All the Joshua's and Caleb's, get ready. When I say now, I want you to take one step and possess. The time has come for you to do what you could not do before, for you to lead, for you to be the head and not the tail. 40 years of doing this. have this crazy thing, right? We, we go like this. God, I'm waiting for you. I'm just waiting for you to go into the promise. And then God says, I'm going to be honest. I'm waiting for you. I'm waiting for you to grow up and be mature to handle the promise. The question is not, is the promise ready for you? The question is, because some of us wanted something that we were too immature to handle. So God protected us in the desert. Some of, some of us now have the revelation that the desert actually saved our lives. Because if we would have entered the promise prematurely when we didn't have the character or the integrity or the maturity, we would have lost the promise and it would have done more harm than good. But praise be the Lord. Oh, now we're ready. Somebody say, now we're ready. I'm going to tell you why now you're ready. You can say, how do you know I'm ready? I'm going to tell you how I know you're ready. Because it's not about you. It's about Jesus inside of you. It's about the Holy Spirit inside of you. Does anyone here know the Holy Spirit gets you ready? No, no, no. Does anyone know that Jesus gets you ready? It is Christ in you, the hope of glory. All my Joshua's and Caleb's, lift up your hands. The time has come for you to do what you could not do before, number one to be the head and not the tail, to lead. The time has come for you to possess what God already purchased for you. What? Verse three, the time has come, Joshua, and I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set your foot, you will be on land, not that I will give you, but I have given you. No, no, you, it doesn't say you will place your feet and it will be yours. It actually says wherever you put your foot down, that is already something I've given you. I'm speaking to someone here. You're stepping into something God already gave you. Yep. Look at your neighbor, tell them you're stepping in into something God already gave you. And you, you, you don't understand what that means. You, you need, it's already yours. Somebody say, it's already yours. Right now, somebody needs to get up and step into what God already gave you. Step into a saved family. Step into a healed marriage. Step into divine health. Matter of fact, I speak, you're stepping into divine health. Healthy minds, bodies, souls, spirit, finances. Step into unprecedented favor. Step into holiness. Step into being a blessing for others. And step into being the devil's biggest migraine. Somebody step in right now. Lift up your hands and say, I'm stepping in. I'm stepping in. Everybody ready? Let's do it. All praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Ephesians 1, 3. All right, stand with. You are standing. 40 years. show you 
where we go around in circles. You know where we wonder? How many years do we lose? Years. Wandering in the desert of our minds. How much time do we waste being concerned about things that don't even happen? Or we live, we relive the past. Like God took you out of Egypt, but you, then you're still thinking about Egypt. Just like the 10 spies. And this right here. This is where we go like this. God says the time has come the time has come for you to do what you could not do before to be the head and not the tail to lead the time has come for you to possess what Christ already purchased for you the time has come no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live for I will be with you as I was with Moses first oh, John 12 to 14. I'm writing you who are mature in the faith because you know Christ. I'm writing to you who are young in the faith because you have already won your battle with the evil one. The time has come. You don't have to worry about the giants because the evil one has already been defeated. That's what the Bible says. So you need to just occupy the promises. Somebody say the time has come. Everyone born of God is victorious and overcomes the world. This is the victory that has conquered and overcome the world. Our continuing persistent faith in Jesus, the Son of God, 1 John 5, 4. The time has come. The time has come for you to do what you could not do before. The time has come for you to step in and possess what God already purchased for you, what Christ already purchased for you on the cross. Eternal life, new life, abundant life, filled with His Holy Spirit, occupying His promises. The time has come for you to be brave and courageous. Strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be bold and brave. For you are the one who will lead. Be strong and brave. Be strong and brave. All right, we're gonna do this. If you wanna stay in your desert, please be seated. But if you're saying, I get this now. Yeah, the time has come. We all go through deserts. And through Christ, the desert is not punitive. It is a preparation. It is conversations with God that will enable you to shout down the walls in the promise. It's when God wants you completely by himself with no distractions. The desert doesn't punish you. The desert prepares you. So here we go. At the count of three, if you truly believe the time has come, and it has. As a matter of fact, look at me for a moment. During COVID, a bunch of companies, I'll give you the names because we do things, we put them up here, put them on our app so it's not hype, it's not wishful thinking. During COVID, a Pew, Barna, Lifeway, a couple, Gallup, did some surveys about American Christianity. And it was bad. What do I mean? They literally came out with the, the conclusion. All, every single survey said that young people that right now, 18 to 25-year-olds are the most anti-Christian generation in American and world history. 
like they've, we've, they've never seen that this generation doesn't believe in Jesus, has no inclination for Jesus, doesn't, there's no, this is the least general, I mean, just every survey, right? And then God looked at the scene, like God doesn't know the surveys, and says, really? And then God says, the time has come. So in the midst of this is like this Christian, this generation doesn't like Christ, it's the least Christian generation. All of a sudden, God says, Let me pick a spot to show the world I'm still in charge. Hmm. Let me pick a spot in America. Hmm. Kentucky. Then he picks a small town in Kentucky where there's a school called Asbury University, Asbury Seminary. And all of a sudden, he says, I know what I'm gonna do. That generation is supposedly the generation that hates me, doesn't like me, doesn't believe in me. I'm gonna show the world I'm still on the throne. The time has come for me to pour out my spirit upon that generation. So all of a sudden, some days ago, now going into two weeks, they had a chapel service. They didn't have a big name speaker, a big name band. They just had a bunch of young people, just 18 year olds, 19, 20, 21 year olds who started lifting up Jesus. But when God, because when God says now is the time, when God says the time has come, there's not a devil in hell, a demon on earth, a man or a woman that can stop God's move. I don't know if you're getting this right now. Isaiah says it clearly, Isaiah 14, 27, what God has planned, nothing can stop. It. I, I want to say that one more time. What God has planned, nothing can stop it. What God has planned for you and your destiny, nothing can stop it. Matter of fact, real quick, team, show that video real quick. Watch this. This is happening as we speak. I got to put this in perspective. This is chapel that blew up into continual chapel when it hasn't stopped. It would be equivalent to like this service as an end and we would continue to have service and then people would park up from different parts of California and Oregon. Like what would happen in this church? God says, now is the time. And then the glory of God fills this place in such a way that, that without any hype, without any force, just people get healed and, and transformation takes place and people are set free. That's what's happening in Asbury. It hasn't stopped. I mean, it's, no, no, you missed it. People are flying in from Europe, from Asia, from Africa, from to Lexington, Kentucky, to drive to Asbury. Kentucky to a small school because God said the world says no hell says no the haters say no the critics say no the naysayers say no but I say yes I say yes the time has come oh by the way can I ask you one question is the same God moving in Kentucky
your discretion. You don't have to. If you want to stay in the desert, you're cool. Be you. Be you. And if you tell me, I never have to go through a desert, I've never been through one, and I'll never go through one, here's my response to you. Good luck with that. But if you're saying, Pastor Sam, I got this. I've been there, man. I missed my turn. Some stuff I did to myself, some stuff other people placed on me. I listened to the wrong crowd, all of that. But you're telling me God is saying the time has come? Yes. The Apostle Paul writes and says, now is the time of salvation. Now is the time for healing and breakthrough and deliverance. Now is the time where that addiction dies right here in the name of Jesus. Now is the time depression, anxiety, and fear come to an end right here, right now. Now is the time that generational curses are broken forevermore through the blood of Christ. Now is the time for you to occupy all of God's promises, fulfill your purpose, live out your assignment on this planet. Now is the time for righteousness, peace, and joy. Ready? That's what I want you to do. When I say now, it's going to be a little bit different. When I say now, let's do it this way. When I say one, you high-five your neighbor and you tell them now is the time. But you got to do it with an attitude. Now is the time. Matter of fact, those of you on this side, you're going to say the time has come. The time has come. You guys are going to say now is the time. You guys will say, you're just going to go, All right? That's when I say one. When I say two, you're gonna take one step. You're gonna leave your desert here, here, here. And you're never gonna go back to that desert in the name of Jesus. You're gonna occupy the promise. And when I say three, you will give God the type of praise, the type of praise, the type of praise that says, thank you for what I went through but glory to God to where I'm going to. Thank you for what you've done in me. Thank you for the now and thank you for the next because my children and my children's children will possess God's promises. Here we go. Ready? One. High five your neighbor. The time has come. Now is the time.
in the name of Jesus find a Caleb and high five them and tell them we're here we're here we're here we're here we're here we're here to occupy we're here to possess in Jesus name if you got this word say amen if you receive it say in Jesus name that's for me in my house look up here real quick we're wrapping up Christ is here he's here freedom in him John 8 32 John 8 36 2nd Corinthians 3 17 which means every lie of the enemy just shriveled up every lie somebody say every lie touch here touch here are you ever going to wander here again you're going to have some crazy great new thoughts seriously you're going to have like crazy thoughts like you're going to wake up in the morning and go like I have to write down what I just dreamt what, I, what just happened like where did that come from super ideas innovation ingenuity creativity you're going to start doing like wow forget about AI man your algorithms and your coding will be on fire brilliant your giftings your giftings your giftings are about to come to fruition Oh, you're like, you're giftings. God gifted you. He gifted you. He gifted you. He gifted you. He gifted you. Oh, I sense God. And don't look at me and tell me, man, dude, you don't know what I've been through. You don't know all the hell I've been through. Dude, if you've been through hell, it only means you're full of God's purpose because it, the devil never comes after someone who has nothing to give to the kingdom. This is it. The time has so let's do this. Let's do this. All right. Uh, we're we're, we're going to... Can you give me like 15 seconds here, everybody? Can you, can you close your eyes for a moment? We're a little bit late because the Spanish... You know how those Spanish folk are. They ran late. Because God's glory showed up. Just real quick here. Don't, please don't move because this moment, if you see this and witness it and come in agreement with what you're about to witness, you will see it happen in your family and with your friends. This is not in the program. I just feel prompted by the Spirit to do this. Every single person here who needs, you need to, you need to. You saw people from your generation, from your family, from your kin who died in the desert you saw people never make it. You saw people suffer the consequences of the 10 spies. And you're saying, my God, that can't be me. That won't be me. Anyone here who needs to run to Jesus, anyone here who says, I need to run to Jesus, the promised land is not a piece of land, it's the fullness of Christ. It's not a land. It's not, it's not a piece of land in Sacramento or in Rockland or in Roseville or in the Bay Area. It's Jesus. So if you need to come out of your seat when I count to three and come out of your Egypt, come out of your bondage, come out of your captivity and say, I'm, I'm going into the promise right now. If that's you right now, when I count to three, just run out of your seat and join me here because the time has come for you and your children and your children's children to step into what God already purchased for you. If that's you, one, two, three, come out of your seat right now. Just come out. Come out wherever you're at. I'll wait for you. Come on. 
Boom. There it is. Boom. Come. Church, give it up right now. I need y'all to blow this up right now.